This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Welcome in. My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Equinox today by request. Actually, by lots of requests. So you can always email your ship request to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Kind of funny. I spent 13 years in radio taking song requests, and now I'm taking ship requests, but I like it. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Let's get right to her. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Norwegian Cruise Line is starting to ban door decorations. They are. And this is um, this is very interesting. It was stated in the Freestyle Daily Newsletter that door decorations are no longer allowed. In fact, here's what it says in the newsletter. And this is a quote. As per safety requirement, stateroom door decorations are strictly prohibited. Your stateroom steward has been instructed to remove and place all decorations inside the room. Thank you for your understanding and compliance with this safety policy. So that's kind of, um, you know, that's cut and dry. That's the rule. So, you know, and it is a hazard, whether it's fire or I've seen these contraptions on doors that I would think, you know, if it fell off the door, someone could easily trip over it. But some cruisers are voicing complaints. So on, you know, those various uh, cruise website forums, Norwegian cruisers are saying that despite the fact that door decorations are no longer allowed, they intend to deck the halls with whatever they want. And so far, the new policy is not fleet-wide. So, you know, you might think that it's just a test program. Um, Norwegian has also not returned any phone calls to clarify this. So we'll keep you updated as more facts are released. Carnival Fantasy got an unsatisfactory score on a recent USPH inspection. After a recent health inspection, Carnival Fantasy scored a bleak 77 out of 100 points. The Vessel Sanitation Program is an unannounced health inspection and it's conducted by the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and it happens twice a year. So when Carnival Fantasy was recently inspected, the ship received a minus point for each failure. For example, the CDC will start with a perfect score of 100 and then subtract points for each violation. And so in Carnival Fantasy's case, some of the violations included uh, deficiencies were uh, related to food equipment and facilities. Flies were observed on a bagel tray. Dishes and utensils that were in the clean area were actually not really clean. And it was also noted that there was a layer of some sort of film on the water in the main pool, as well as, and I quote, excessive visible debris floating in the water, unquote. Kids were seen in the Serenity adults-only area with a lack of signage to state that kids, well, were not allowed in the hot tubs. And Carnival quickly moved to correct all violations and then contacted the CDC to return for a repeat inspection by the United States Public Health Inspectors. And we are awaiting news of the new results. The Port of Tampa is going to get another cruise ship. This is exciting. This is really nice. It's been 10 years since Celebrity sailed out of the Port of Tampa, and it won't be long until they place a ship on Florida's West Coast again. So in October of 2020, Celebrity Constellation will call Tampa its new home port. Before the ship gets here, it will be refurbished. It's all part of Celebrity's $500 million fleet-wide program known as the Celebrity Revolution. So following the massive refurbishment, Celebrity Constellation, or 
Sometimes the ship is affectionately called the Connie. It will make, uh, it'll make a 14-night transatlantic crossing from Barcelona to its new home port in Tampa. Then from Tampa, the Constellation is, uh, they've scheduled three different itineraries. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a 10-night Eastern Caribbean cruise that will call on San Juan, St. Kitts, St. Martin, St. Thomas, and Samana in the Dominican Republic. A second itinerary will be 11 nights Southern Caribbean, and that's going to start out with Key West and visit Bonaire, Aruba, Curacao, and Grand Cayman. Um, There's also a twist of an 11-night itinerary. This is going to be a partial Panama Canal transit, and it's going to visit the ports of Cozumel, Puerto Limon, Costa Rica. It'll go into the Panama Canal, then stop at Cologne, and then Cartagena in Colombia and Grand Cayman. Reservations opened on August 13th. That's uh, just 14 months away until she gets to Florida. Excited that uh, to get another ship here. It's always fun. That's a great ship, too. That yeah. was one of my first ships when I first started cruising um, with Celebrity. That was one of my favorites. So I'm glad to see it coming back to Florida. So there were these news reports that a Royal Caribbean ship was leaving St. Martin and the navigational bridge was waving goodbye with a big cutout hand to the people that were stranded. But that really wasn't the case. Yeah, this is one of those strange things you can sort of interpret a couple of ways. And it happened as Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas departed from St. Martin. And unfortunately, at the same time that this that a crew member was videoed waving this gigantic hand, which really signals farewell to the port, Two passengers were also caught on video as they were running for the ship. And, of course, well, they missed the ship. So some other passengers interpreted the giant hand that was waving goodbye as sort of a snarky gesture. But, uh, in fact, you know, crew members occasionally will use that same kind of prop just to wave goodbye to the other ships in port or maybe even to fellow crew members on nearby ships. It's just, you know, it's a friendly gesture. But either way, this seems to be something that may or may not have happened in the style that's some passengers reported. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you remember this or not, Cherry, but when we were on Celebrity Edge was so last November, Allure of the Seas had one of those big hands waving goodbye to, like, you know, the six other ships in port. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah. It's just, it seems like all the Royal Caribbean ships have them. And it's a fun thing to do to the other ships. Like, oh, my God, look at that mm-hmm. big hand. But yeah, you're right. It can be interpreted a thousand different ways, I guess. And our last talking point here, we may see the largest vow renewal at sea. Yeah, we just might. And it's a friendly competition, sort of, between sibling cruise lines. So last year, if you remember, and we covered this on Valentine's Day, Carnival hosted vow renewals on all its ships in the fleet, and over 2,000 couples participated. Cruise directors were the officiants. But now uh, Princess Cruises has announced that they will host what is being billed as the largest vow renewal at sea to also take place on Valentine's Day next year. But two things make this gala event really unique. And the the first one is it will take place aboard the Regal Princess. So that's one ship instead of an entire fleet. And two, Captain Steubing, Gavin McLeod from The Love Boat, will officiate the celebration. And not only will Captain Steubing be there, but his TV daughter, Vicky, portrayed by Jill Whalen, will be the matron of honor. So whether you want to renew your vows or not, you know, it's kind of amazing to think that it was 43 years ago that The Love Boat was a little known made for TV movie and it would create a TV show spinoff and run for 10 years. 
I love that show. Yeah, so if you don't want to get your vows renewed, you could just still cruise with the cast, I guess, or part of the cast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, observe and watch and, and mm-hmm. you know, just enjoy the festivities. Um, Princess said they're going to do some uh, special celebrations on board, too, to, to commem- commemorate the event. So, yeah, even if you're, you know, you're not planning to participate, it'd be fun to be there and, and watch all the happy people. Listener question comes from Mike. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Is there a benefit to booking directly with a cruise line against using a travel agent? Currently platinum, but it seems better deals are offered by third-party travel agents. Hi, Mike. And, you know, that that's a question. It's a really good question. And it's one that I've heard for about the last 25 years. And, and I'm going to give you my opinion on it. And it's really based on all of my experience, plus a lot of facts. And I'll start with saying that, you know, some of the best travel agencies belong to what's called consortiums. And these huge organizations, they negotiate bulk rates with all the cruise lines in addition to added onboard amenities. So, for example, if you call up, you mentioned you're with Carnival, you, you know, you cruise with Carnival, you can call the cruise line direct. Your rate may match what the travel agent can offer, but the agency that belongs to a consortium may be running their own promotion and perks. For example, um, they may have negotiated with the cruise line to offer onboard credits, a bottle of wine, even a bathrobe, um, shore excursions, and things like that, that the cruise line will not be able to offer you if you call direct. Now, of course, some people like to have control over their bookings, and thus they don't want to go to a travel agent. But on the flip side, they could be missing out on some freebies. So, you know, you have to sort of balance. If you can just give up a little bit of the control, you could come out a winner in the long term. I know the travel agent I use, she always gives a $50 onboard credit per stateroom as an incentive. And as you said, that could be something that she has worked out with the, cons- what is it called? The consortium? Consortium? Consortium. Consortium or consortium. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've always found that, I mean, unless I'm doing something like super last minute, like booking that cruise for $49 on Carnival Vista, I always use yeah. a travel agent because one, they can set me up with like an auto pay. So I just kind of a set it and forget it type thing. And two, the $50 onboard credit is always nice. Yeah, it's free money. And, you know, you give up a little bit of control and you get something in return. It's 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 a win for everybody. You know, and travel agents don't, charge more. I mean, the cruise lines don't have a higher rate if you go through a travel agent. Uh, Au contraire, you know, it's the same rate and they just get a commission based on whatever they sell. Um, So, you know, you're not being charged more by going through a travel agent. I think that's a misconception too that um, that's been around for a while. You only come out ahead. And you know what? I hate to encourage anyone to shop around because, you know, that's not fun, but call the cruise line, see what they can give you. And then, um, you know, ask a friend or a neighbor or, or someone in an organization that or at work that you might uh, know of that has booked a cruise and ask for a recommendation and give that travel agent a try. Um, and you can be honest and you can say, well, I called the cruise line and this is what they have. You know, don't try to fudge and make up something because you can see right through that. But just be honest and say what you found. And they not only can match it, but can offer you something in addition. Second listener question comes from Sharon. We're driving to Florida for our cruise on Disney Fantasy. Do you have any parking recommendations for Port Canaveral? Yeah, you know, in having lived there for 20 years, it's been interesting to watch the cost to park at Port Canaveral slowly increase. So now to park at the port, you know, if you just drive in and 
park, you're going to pay $17 per day. And that's for the seven night cruise. You know, you don't, it's just because you're leaving on the, the morning of the eighth, you're paying for the seven nights. So that'll run you about $119 for a seven night cruise. You know, it's still less than Port Miami or Port Everglades, but there are alternatives. So there's something called Park Port Canaveral, and it's located next to the Radisson Hotel, and that'll run you $8 per day. And, you know, also you can check local local hotels for their park and cruise packages uh, that include a shuttle service. And be sure and ask if it's off, if the shuttle's offered to and from, mm-hmm. because I know when this all started with the parking at the hotels, they would take you over to the port, but they wouldn't pick you up because there were too many people coming and going. So now some of them do, some of them still don't. So that's important to find out. And um, just to, one more thing to add, if you're flying into Orlando, an UberX to the port with four people is $60 before you tip. Uh, if you take a shuttle, it's going to run you, run you between $15 and $25 per person. So, you know, that's the rundown on it all. But if you check the local hotels for their park and cruise packages, that's usually a pretty good deal if you come in a day or two before. The past few cruises I've done out of Port Canaveral, I've used that park Port Canaveral a lot. And if you actually, if you go there, it's the one that used to be part of the Radisson, but they're separate now, but it's right next door to it. There's like a uh, a voucher online, like a, um, what is it called? Like an online promo code and you get like a mm-hmm. super good deal if you prepay and you use this promo code. So I would definitely do that instead of parking at the port. And I've never, not once, I've never had an issue with them picking up. Like they are constantly on a loop bringing you and, you know, taking you to and from the ship. So good folks over there at Park Port Canaveral and they are not paying me to say that. I really do like them. They're wonderful. And, and the time that I got stuck there and couldn't get back, um, I did have to call a taxi. But uh, I learned my lesson to always ask to make sure, not Park Port Canaveral, but the hotels. Some of mm-hmm. them, especially if they're a little further out, maybe a little smaller, they may not pick up. So always check. All right. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, it was good seeing you last week when you were uh, making your way from, um, well, leaving Florida for good. Yeah, looks like it. And, you know, I just want to say thanks to, to all the really, really nice people that wished me a, a safe travels up to Sitka on your cruise radio news Facebook group. I really appreciated that. It, it was just so much fun to, to get to meet some of the people that uh, are listeners that I never get to hear from. Now, let's just be clear, though. We're going to clear the air here. Just because you're leaving Florida doesn't mean you're leaving cruise radio, are you? Heck no. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm just trying, making sure. Oh, no. no you're stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck here. I love it. Looking forward to seeing you in Alaska in a couple of weeks. I know. That's going to be so much fun. And See you in Sitka. This is Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Michelle just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on Celebrity Equinox out of Fort Lauderdale, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Doug. Now, before we get to Celebrity Equinox, I want to take a step back like we always do and get some pre-cruise thoughts because you're up there in East Tennessee and you had to make your way down to Port Everglades. Why Celebrity Equinox out of Fort Lauderdale on this seven-night Eastern? Well, it was with my daughter and I. Uh, We do mother-daughter cruises every year. We've done that for the last five years. And she has gotten her graduate degree and is going off to a big girl job soon. And we want to do one more. We had originally planned on doing the Carnival Magic and kind of got gold cold feet in the spring when they started talking about carnival and the U.S. penalties and shutdowns and all that good stuff. And I started looking at just alternatives and I found the Equinox and it had a similar itinerary, was a day shorter. The magic was an eight night and but it looked very intriguing. And so we just bit the bullet and canceled on carnival and went with a sure thing with Celebrity and knew that we would go. We flew down from Knoxville into Lauderdale, overnighted at the Hampton Inn North Cruise Port, which was fine. We got a pretty good rate, and they had shuttle service. So we took advantage of that and made our way onto the port the next morning. And how was embarkation? It was phenomenal. We, as we pulled up, we were sharing the shuttle uh, with carnival folks and so we stopped at carnival first theirs was the first actual embarkation port that we came to and they all got out and it was what you would picture on cruise day it was you know kind of chaotic it was about 11 o'clock in the morning and people were still trying to get taxis out and taxis were coming in and people were standing with their luggage and all that and um, after they got off we went on down to our drop-off and it was like you could hear the birds chirping it was so <laughs> quiet and there was no one standing around and the the porters were just kind of looking around and we got off walked right in it's beautiful new new building that they had totally redone and it was just beautiful went up the escalator walked through security stood in line for um, probably two minutes max to go through we did the express pass walked right through that and five minutes later they were calling our cabin class and on we went so it's probably maybe 15 20 minutes total celebrity did a really good job with terminal 25 i think it is the the one they built for edge where they also use for equinox and i mean it kind of sets the mood as you're walking you know you're going up that escalator it's almost like you're walking onto a celebrity ship because the the design of the terminal kind of carries into the ship. Does that make sense? It does. And that's my daughter and I were talking. There's no, you know, when you get through everything and you're going to wake, there's no lines and rows of chairs. And if you're this color, sit here. And if you're that Mm -hmm. section, sit here. It was just, you know, there was like 
pods of wooden seating benches and people were just milling around and they started calling cabin classes and you know there was no chaos to get on the ship road just kind of walked on when they called your class so you boarded celebrity equinox what were your first impressions Oh, it was beautiful. We, uh, you walked right in and you were into, um, I think it was deck five, the part of the atrium area. And so you could look up and see, and you could look down and see the floors below and the, the artwork and the chandeliers and the lighting and all the glass. It's just, it's beautiful. I, I looked at it like it was, classy but it wasn't in your face classy you go to your stateroom what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it well that was the funny thing we booked in at a 1b uh deluxe ocean view veranda and then i started reading on the boards about this thing called celebrity move up and i thought well we'll just try it and so we went for uh the aqua class I put in a bit, a very minimal bit of like $200 a person. I thought, we'll never, you know, let's be happy where we're at. We're going on a cruise. You know, let's just, you know, stick with what we got. And the when I sent in the bid, it said, you know, you'll know two to three days before you leave. Well, we found out three weeks before when I went on to start, you know, looking at my documents and if I needed to do anything else before I printed anything off. And our cabin number was different. I told my daughter, I said, holy moly, I think we won the bid. And we did. We went from a 1B Deluxe Ocean View to an A1 Aqua Class on deck 11. Nice. That'll never happen again, ever. (laughs) (laughs) But very nice. It was a large cabin, and the veranda was, was, was quite large. And uh, plenty of room to move around, and the bathroom was a good size. The closet space was good. The only thing I was a little disappointed, and this is just because it was two girls and how much we pack, but drawer space was a little limited. Mm. They had five drawers at the vanity, sit-down vanity there in the the main part of the cabin, and two of those were just the real uh, shallow drawers. There wasn't just a lot of drawer space to put stuff in, but we got creative, and and we did fine. But overall, it was very nice, very nice. You mentioned that that you use the, they called it the UP program, you said, like kind of the bid on a cabin? Yes, Celebrity Move Up. Move Up, okay. So is that, mm-hmm. could that be compared to like Norwegian's Upgrade Advantage where you put up, you know, you put a price and it either gets accepted or it doesn't for an upgrade? Yes, my husband and I went on uh, Norwegian last November. It's the very same concept. You pick your category and what you want to bid and it has this little meter that will tell you that's a very weak bid, you know, to strong bid. And uh, we were on the weaker side of things, but that's exactly what it is. And I think Royal Caribbean is doing it now as well. Yeah, they are as well. It's it's funny because, you know, I mean, all that's algorithm based anyway, right? Like they -hmm. they, they Mm -hmm. know going in if they're going to give it to you or not. They're just trying to get the most money they can out of you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So so let's talk about the dining on this seven night cruise Um, outside of the main dining room in the buffet area. Did you do any specialty restaurants? We did. We did the first night we did Tuscan Grill. They were having, they always do those first night 
specialty dining specials, and we took advantage of that, and uh, it was delicious. Then we also ate in Murano and had a very nice meal, and in addition had a lunch there on our last sea day. They uh, opened it up and did a special deal, and so we did that as well. And then, of course, Aqua Class also has their own kind of main dining room. It's called Blue, B-L-U. And um, we ate in there as well. And it was it was really good. You felt like you were in main dining, but you weren't. You felt more special mm-hmm. than just being in the main dining room for dinner at night. Um, we After the first night, when we went in the second night, the the young lady working the front didn't even look down and ask our cabin number anything. She called my daughter and I by name and cabin number and took us to the table we'd had the night before and the waiter and everyone greeted us. And it was really a neat feeling. So the Tuscan grill would be more like an Italian steakhouse, whereas Murano would be like French cuisine? Yes. Okay. Yes. Tuscan was 50-50 as far as Italian versus steak for your entree. I'm not a big steak person. My daughter is, so she got a steak and I got pasta. And then Murano, the last time we, my husband and I were on Celebrity and we did Murano, they changed the menu since then. And it's not, I would call it not as intimidating. I recognize a lot more things on it this time than the last time as far as the type of cuisine and stuff. But it was really, really good. We uh, both had lobster in Murano and it was, they prepare it table side and it was just out of this world. Now, because you had the spa stateroom and you got to eat in blue, did you go to the mm-hmm. main dining room at all? We did the second night, just the way our scheduling was and what we were doing. We went there the second night and it was fine. It was, it wasn't terrible at all. It was, it was very, it was very good. But when you compare it to what we had in blue and then what we had in the specialty restaurants, there was definitely, you know, a difference. Up in the, uh, the Lido deck or the buffet, which they call, is it Ocean Cafe? Yes. And how was that? It was good. It was, we ended up eating lunch there. We didn't do breakfast, but we did lunch there a few times. And we always just get salads and things like that. So it was fine. It, I will say the layout of it is is very well done as far as foot traffic goes, as far as getting your food and then finding a place to sit. Um, on Oasis class, a Lido can be somewhat chaotic, mm-hmm. and this was, was a lot easier to to maneuver through. And the the servers and the, and the wait staff were very, very friendly and always very attentive, taking our dishes away or asking if we needed anything and bringing us soft drinks or whatever. Curious, did you try the pizza in the Ocean Cafe? My daughter did, and she loved it. Okay, same here. She said it was very, very good. (laughs) In fact, she went back for more. Yeah, well, I went, I did, my friends were like, we don't know you, because I did 11 slices at one time, and I doubt. Oh, my gosh. It was so, it was that amazing. It looked amazing, and she said it was because the crust was mm-hmm. was crispy, but right above the crust was still soft. Yes. And so it just made it something to behold, she said. See, your daughter so. has good taste. She does. <laughs> she has very good taste. 
<laughs> so let's let's talk about the entertainment on this seven night cruise. How was it? It was great. My daughter and I talked about that a lot. In that, um, as many cruises as I've been on, this seemed to me to be the most well-rounded mm-hmm. slot of entertainment that I've seen. Just night in and night out, it was it was great. The comedians, we went to both of the comedians, and they were very, very good. The um, staff entertainers, the crew that, you know, does the nightly shows, they're focused. They all really matched well together. There was nobody that really stood out way above the rest of them or anything. It was very well balanced. And then, as my daughter said, she said, if I was married and had children, I would not have been leery to bring them to any of the stage productions. Mm-hmm. The There was no, you know, kind of innuendos or rough language or little, you know, skimpy costumes. It was very wholesome and very entertaining all at the same time. So it was really, really good. How about music in the public areas outside of the theater? We sampled everybody. We that's our our thing is to go around at night and go to the different lounges and hear to the different musicians and stuff and kind of pick out the ones we like and then, you know, go back for more later on in the cruise. And with the exception of just one group, um, and it was nothing really against them, it just wasn't to our taste. They the the house musicians were great. We there was one uh a a lady who was a guitarist, her name was Sashi, and she was from Bali, Indonesia. And it was actually her last week of her contract. She was going to take two months off, and then she was joining, I believe it's Silhouette in mm-hmm. Australia. And she was fantastic. In fact, she would, we found out later she had been named the Fleetwide Entertainer of the Year last year, 2018. Oh, wow. So she did an she did one night, she did an, an Adele set. She went into the small theater on four, and it seats about 250 people, and it was standing room only. And wow. she did an Adele set for 45 minutes. So it was really great. But overall, musicians were just really, you couldn't find better, I don't think, again, overall on a cruise. That small theater that's on four, that's that's like more forward on the starboard or right side of the ship, right? It is. It's, okay. It's right. It's on the the right side, right before you get to the front of the ship mm-hmm. and go into the actually the Equinox Theater. Yeah. Okay. It was also our muster station. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, as far as sea days, how was the ship with crowds and congestion? Not crowded at all. I was amazed. I'm used to you know going on other cruise lines where if it's a sea day, you better be up at eight o'clock in the morning and get your chair. You're not going to mm-hmm. get one. And there, we went up around 10. We'd already decided we weren't going to get too much sun at first of the week so we could fry at the end of the week. And um, there was still plenty. There was seats still out in the sun. There were plenty of seats under the shade. They, Celebrity does a really, really good job to me of providing enough lounge chairs on the outside decks in the shade. Um on both the the main pool deck on 12, and then if you go up to 14 on just the, the deck that circles the ship, they have sunshades 
on part of the chairs. So even if you want to go up topside and kind of be away from the pool, you can still get shade. And another great spot on this class of ship, well, a lot of ships with Celebrity Now, is the Sunset Bar. Did you spend any time there? We did. We went up there a couple of times. It's a very popular place. Mm-hmm. And and there's not a whole lot of room around there. Now that they've put the cabanas in that take up part of the lawn club area, you're sort of a little bit more restricted, I think, when you're up on Deck 15. But we did, you know, go up there a couple of times and they would have Sashi would play up there some. And then another uh, husband and wife called Drift Duo would play up there and they were popular as well. So we did get to experience it a little bit. On this seven night cruise, how many ports of call did you go to? We had, we were scheduled for four ports of call. We got off in two and opted to stay on the ship and enjoy the ship for two. Okay, so the two ports you got off, um, give us that port and a highlight from that that port. Sure. We got off in San Juan. Uh, It was my daughter's fourth trip to San Juan, and she never actually toured around San Juan. So we did a ship-sponsored excursion called Sunset and Tapas. Mm -hmm. You walked around, um, got high points of like the the forts and then a lot of our guide was really great about giving a lot of uh background history of not only how san juan was was settled and such but also their current environment we got there you know just after the whole big political mm-hmm. undoings with the governor and so uh things were still a little tense but um, she was very forthright in, in how things were going and what they hoped to accomplish and things like that. So we got a really, a really great view of that. And then we stopped at a bar close to the port and had tapas and then just kind of made our way back to the ship. Okay. And then what was the other port of call you got off the ship in? We got off on Tortola. We Neither one had been to Tortola. And so, again, we did a ship-sponsored uh, land. It was called Land and Sea. And we did the, the open air, fly up through the hillside, hang on to your teeth down the hillside, land part. And uh, that was pretty good. The driver, we had a little bit of a hard time understanding what he was saying, but it was still good to see the the views of the island. It's a very small island and it's, you can tell it, it's only been operating as a tourist stop, cruise stop for a few years. So it was still developing a little bit. Plus they had had some damage from the hurricanes. We went by one marina and there were still boats sitting on top of boats in the parts of the marina. So, and then we got on a ferry type vessel and went around the island and got to see sites from there as well. Did you get to go by Yost Van Dyke at all, or did they point it out to you? They pointed it out. Um, they they pointed it out, and then also St. John, and across the way you could even see parts of St. Thomas. So it was kind of cool that you could see all those different places at once. Yeah, it was funny because we, on a cruise last year, we went to St. Thomas one day, and then the next stop was Tortola, but it took us like 12 hours to get there. I'm like, okay. That <laughs> we're was like, us. 
<laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, that come was, on. I think we literally floated around. I think if yeah. they really told the truth on the little map on your TV, that you would have seen a bunch of circles <laughs> yeah. going round and round and round. <laughs> I will say, though, Tortola, the best excursion I've ever done in 20-something years of cruising was in Tortola going over to Yost Van Dyke for the day. Hands down, oh, cool. the best excursion ever. It's just... So chill. I mean, it's just, I don't know, like a Corona commercial, maybe one of those beaches with the palm trees and the blue water. And um, I was happy to putting some money into the local economy with the drinks because they were trying to rebuild still from Hurricane Irma. So or Maria, one of those hit them. But yeah, really cool there. And the the other two ports you went to, though, that you didn't get off the ship, which ones were those? Mm -hmm. We went to we stopped in St. Thomas, which I've been there several times. We're beach people, but we're not beachy beach people, and we don't snorkel or anything like that. So we had pretty much done in previous cruises all that we really wanted to do, and also that gave us a day on the ship when most everybody else was getting off so we could hang by the pool or just kind of be really super lazy and do whatever we wanted to. And then you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was debarkation? It was fabulous. We had a special waiting area because we were aqua class and we waited. We got one hand got out of our cabin early so that they could start cleaning our cabin. We sat there for maybe 10 minutes. They called our group. We got in line and literally less than 15 minutes later, we were standing on the curb looking for a taxi. It was super fast. I think one of the things that really made it go fast was they do facial recognition now. So, you know, you don't have to stand in line and everybody talk to the customs person. You literally grab your luggage and smile into the camera and and you're done. But yeah, it's a big game changer. It's a big game changer. That's for sure. So a couple of questions here. Did you buy the Mm -hmm. internet package on board? Well, we, when we booked, we had the internet package. When we booked initially we got two perks and so we picked I went through and calculated and I very quickly realized that the Wi-Fi package and the classic premium or the classic beverage package were was definitely the way to go for us so we did have Wi-Fi now it was it wasn't the best it was a little slow at times and it depended on where you were at on the ship how strong it was but for what we needed it definitely served our purpose any first-time tips to offer someone sailing celebrity equinox i would definitely do the express pass that they offer when you're doing all your documentation and stuff online and doing your online check-in they you can do express pass and that can save you so much time when you're wanting, when you're all excited and wanting to get on the ship and you're standing in line with a bunch of people because you have to get everything out. Express pass, I mean, you literally go from the express pass line just practically onto the ship depending on your timing. So it's a great, a great thing. Well, in closing, your final thoughts of Celebrity Equinox. We had probably the best mother-daughter cruise that we have had and probably ranks right up there as far as me cruising at all. We just loved Equinox. And I think it was the ship itself was just fabulous. It's so well laid out and you can get from point A to point B without having to go through point B and a half down the stairs and back up. 
anything like that. Uh, but also, I think it was the friendliness of the crew. You couldn't turn around without an officer or a crew member smiling and saying, how's your day going? Can we help you with anything? And of course, Captain Kate, as I found out, is pretty much a legend Mm -hmm. and was so friendly uh, day in, day out. She was behind the coffee bar one day helping serve cookies because they were so overwhelmed with making coffees. So she was handing out cookies to people and she stood at the gangway as we were getting off and was literally shaking everyone's hand as they got off and thanking them for selling with Celebrity. So wow. I think just it was just awesome. That's dedication to the job right there. You never see a captain at the gangway. No, no. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. And and she was. She was telling everybody to have a great trip home and was just super kind. And I'm sort of sad. I'm hoping to go on Equinox again before the year is out. But she's moving to the edge. But it was a really, really great experience. Would do it all over again in a heartbeat. We've been talking with Michelle about her seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Celebrity Equinox. Michelle, thanks for uh, reaching out on Twitter and telling me you just returned from the cruise. I'm so glad we got to connect. Me too, Doug. It's been great. All right, Dougie. Here we go for uh, the new uh, cruise radio stuff here for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net.